Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Today we're starting this brand new series we're calling And the Hits Just Keep On Coming. And the reason we want to do this series, I should probably preface this because I was shooting the Journey at Home online stuff for the series. And one of the volunteers that helps with all the uh, video stuff looked at me and said, this sounds like a really depressing series, which isn't exactly what you want to hear, right? And I said, no, no, no. This is before he'd heard it all. I said, no, no. Here's the deal, though. All of us know what it's like to go through seasons where it's just one problem after another problem after another problem. And some of you, and I hear some of your stories, but I know a bunch of them I don't know, but probably a lot of you are here right now. And even if you're not here, and this is the depressing part, even if you're not here, you know how life works. If you're not here, you're going to be here soon, right? It's just life can be challenging at times. It can be complicated. It can be difficult. And so if you're in one of those seasons or, you know, for the rest of us, if we're going to enter into one of those seasons soon, you know what it feels like, how frustrating it is when every time you turn around, it feels like there's another problem. And we all ask ourselves the same thing. We're like, well, when's this going to end? And we've all heard this myth that they come in threes. You, somebody ever told you this? You know, problems come in threes. The problem is when you get to problem number four, you're like, is it multiples of threes? You know, because you're just hoping it's done after three and it's not done after three. So we've all been there. We've all experienced that. And we've wondered, when's it going to end? And why is all this happening? And, you know, we try to fix things and can't seem to fix things. And then for those of us who are Christians, it can be even more complicated because we mix God into all of our questions and we start wondering, well, where is he in all this? And I'm praying and why isn't he fixing things? And when's he going to do something about, you know, so you just have all these questions and you have all these problems. And I don't know where, what this looks like for you or where this lands for you right now, but I have no doubt a lot of you are in the middle of it. Maybe for you, it's anxiety uh, that you're dealing with and you just can't seem to get a handle on it. You can't seem to, you know, work your way out of anxiety or depression. That's so difficult. For others of you, it may be insecurity that's just wreaking havoc on relationships and things. Or uh, For some of you, it may be infertility and miscarriages. It may be multiple, you know. You've, that's just emotionally and physically. It's so taxing and so toiling. Um, it, for some of you, it may be financial pressure that, you know, every time you turn around, you think you got figured out, and then there's more, there's more, there's more. Uh, for some time, sometimes for some of us, it's marriage or it's a dating relationship. Relationships can be so incredibly painful. Uh, sometimes it's the addiction of a child or a loved one. And, man, if you've ever been through that, you know you do everything you can to help, and you get to the point where you just feel like you're helpless, you know. It's like, I don't know what else to do. All of us have been there. Some of you are probably there right now. And it's tough. It is challenging. But, and I don't mean to try to be optimistic in the middle of it, but there is a silver lining in it. And the silver lining is this. If you and I pay attention in these seasons, and it's hard to do, but if you and I pay attention in these seasons, there's actually a lot that we can learn when we go through these seasons of struggle. And if we're really intentional about it, we can walk out of them having grown, being stronger, you know, being better for it. It's not easy. But it is possible. For example, one of the things that you can learn if you pay attention during these seasons is you can learn where you have placed your hope or where you have placed your trust. This becomes really obvious in seasons of struggle. And the reason it's so obvious is because, well, 
you find out whether the thing that you're actually counting on can sustain you in the storm, you know? The, the thing that you put your trust in, that's where you usually turn when things get tough at first. Uh, when everything is up and to the right and life is good, we all assume we're really smart people, aren't we? This is just human nature. I'm just like you. We can p- place our trust in all kinds of things. As long as life is good, we think it's a good decision and, you know, we're smart and, you know, what happened to other people is not going to happen to us. But the minute the storm hits and the hits start coming, well, everything gets tested. You know, storms have a way of stress testing the foundations of our lives. And so if, you, if you're smart, if you're intentional, if you pay attention, you can actually figure out what the foundation of your life is. And the reason I say that's important is because those of us who are Christians, well, we always say, well, God is the foundation of my life. But, I mean, it's rhetoric. It's easy to say. But in reality, we really discover in the s- struggles of life what the foundation of our life is, where we have put our hope. And one of the things that we run into sometimes as Christians, if you're not a Christian, I mean, I'll just call us out on this, and you probably have watched this and wondered, you know, what's that about? One of the things we do as Christians sometimes is we say God is our foundation. Oh, that's who I put my hope in. But it's not actually God. It's a version of God that we have created that we like. It's a version of God we created to make ourselves feel a little bit better. And I'll give you an example. What I mean by that is this. Sometimes we hold on to, oh, I'm sorry, Go to the next one, Brett. Sometimes we hold on to this idea that if God is good, well, things are bound to get better. Things are bound to get better. If God is good, well, everything's going to be okay. And that's not true at all. Uh, The way we define good God is this. A good God is a God who just does whatever I want him to do. That's, That's how we think of a good God. But God never promised to be that. As a matter of fact, it's important to understand this. As difficult, as difficult as life can get, We have no promise that's going to get easier. We don't. But we are all prone. We are all prone to put our hope or to put our trust in things that really can't hold us up. And as Christians, what happens then is when they don't hold us up, particularly if it's a version of God we believe in, and then everything doesn't play out and God doesn't do what we thought he should do, what happens is doubt creeps in. And when doubt creeps in, then we're trying to figure out, well, what do I do with that, you know? So what I want to do over the next few weeks is I want to address a lot of the questions that we have all thought and we have all felt when we were going through seasons where it was just one hit after another after another. The the questions like, well, where is God in the middle of all this? And what happens if God doesn't answer prayer? I thought he was supposed to take care of this. And why wouldn't God fix that? And why wouldn't God change that? And why wouldn't God, you know, do something different here? And and we don't like to voice this, but if you're not a Christian, you know we think this. Anytime life gets tough, as Christians, we think, is this really worth it? And what I mean by that is, is it really worth it to trust God? Is it really worth it to keep following God if he's not going to do what I want him to do? So today to start out, and we're not going to answer all the questions today, but to start out today, I want us to talk through what does it look like to deal with doubt? What do you do when you find yourself asking all of those questions? How do you navigate through that? Is it possible to hold on to our trust and to have doubt at the exact same time. And I think it is. Now, some of you grew up in churches where you were taught, no, 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 if you have doubt, it means you have weak faith or it means you have no faith, but that's not true at all. Doubt is actually a prerequisite for faith. If you think about it, there's no need for you to have any trust in God unless you have uncertainty and doubt and fear. Otherwise, trust is completely unnecessary. So you got to have one to have the other. But how do you navigate through and you not let go of one when you're dealing and facing doubts in the middle of difficult seasons of life? So 
There, in the accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of those writers tell us a story about a father that I think can teach us something about this. So this father had a son who was having a severe health condition. Apparently it had been going on for quite a while. And the father had tried a lot of different routes to get it fixed. And there's something odd in the story that I just need to point out because for all of us, it just feels a little odd. The father was convinced that the, his son was possessed by an evil spirit. And that's what was creating all of the, the health issues. So he tried a lot of different ways for healing. He hadn't found anything that worked. He heard about Jesus. So he tells us that, you know, he, or the, the writers tell us that he goes to Jesus. Jesus isn't there. He shows up. Jesus' disciples are there. Jesus isn't there. So he's like, well, the disciples, surely Jesus taught them how to do this. So he asked the disciples, will you just heal him? And the disciples try, and it doesn't work. And so this dad, he's frustrated. He's discouraged. He's, you know, it's just, it's, it's disheartening. And right as he's about to leave, Jesus shows up. And in Mark's account of Jesus' life, Mark tells us, here's what happens next. That Jesus asked the boy's father, well, how long has he been like this? And the father replies, well, from childhood. So we don't know how old the son is at this point, but clearly this has been going on for quite a while. The dad says, it's often thrown him into the fire or water this evil spirit has to kill him. Now, if you're a parent especially, you can relate to this, can't you? I mean, think about how frustrating, how helpless, how hopeless it must feel for your son to be dealing with this, for it to be this dangerous, for it to be this life-threatening, and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, everything you try doesn't work. Some of you have been there. You know how difficult this is. And so this dad, it's almost like a last-ditch effort for him, right? So he looks back in Jesus, at Jesus, and he says this. He says, but if you can do anything, would you take pity on us? And would you help us? Now, what I love about this story is just how authentic and honest this dad is. He didn't try to act like he's religious. He didn't try to act like he's got it all figured out. He didn't try to act like he's super confident in Jesus. It's more like, I am full of doubt, Jesus. I've tried this option and this option and this option. We've been trying stuff for years. Nothing has worked. I don't really have a lot of hope this is going to work. But I'm willing to try anything. So with all my doubts, I'm showing up and just saying, if there's anything you could do, would you do it? There's something refreshing about the fact that he doesn't try to hide any of this. He's just as honest as he can be with Jesus. And Jesus does not take offense to it at all. Jesus just tries to help him understand there's something different about this situation from all the others that he's ever been in. And so Jesus looks back at the dad and he says, what? If you can, everything is possible. Not promised, that's important, not promised, but everything is possible for the one who believes. Now, <clears throat> when Jesus says believes, it does not mean what a lot of us were taught growing up in church. It was presented to us like it's an intellectual thing. Well, if you just believe intellectually in this, then everything's good. But Jesus never talked about belief or trust, which is really what it boils down to, or faith, which is another word that's used. He never talked about belief, trust, or faith as if it was intellectual. It was always very practical with Jesus. He always talked about as if if you believe, if you trust, if you have faith, it's going to result in action. This is the way Jesus presented it to people. And so his point to this dad is, okay, you have put your trust in a lot of things to try to heal your son. None of them have worked. None of them have worked. But if you will put your trust in me, if you will just change the object you're trusting in, then everything's going to be possible. Not promised, but it's going to be possible for you. Now, the reason this is so important is because 
some of you grew up in church situations or some of you have had moments in your life where you have been told that everything hinges on the amount of faith you have. In other words, if you prayed and prayed and God didn't answer that prayer, it's because you didn't have enough faith. And if you worked, you know, whatever, whatever, and God didn't come through for you or provide for you, it's because you didn't have enough faith. And nothing could be further from the truth. What Jesus is trying to help this dad understand is something that I think may be freeing to a lot of you. And simply the idea that the object of your faith matters way more than the amount of your faith. This is always true. The object of your faith matters far more than the amount of faith you have. Now, that doesn't mean the amount of faith doesn't matter at all. We'll talk about that in a second. But the most important thing is the object you choose to put your faith or your trust or your hope in, not how much faith you have. Let me see if I can illustrate it this way. So let's say that I come over to your house, okay? And when I get there, you point to this stool and you're like, hey, Matt, just have a seat, man. Let's talk. And I look at this stool and immediately I think, and I don't know why, but I think, Man, I don't know if that stool is going to hold me up. It doesn't look really that sturdy. And I start looking at it, and I see some gaps down here, and I'm like, I wonder, you know, whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden, I got this irrational fear. Like, I won't sit on the stool. And you keep going, no, 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 it's fine. Just sit on the stool. And I'm so scared, I don't think there's any way a stool will hold me. But you finally convince me. And I get just enough trust that I'm willing to sit down on the stool. I don't really trust it. But I'm like, I'll try it. And I sit down. Now, here's my question to you. What matters more, the amount of faith I have or the sturdiness of the stool? It's a stool, right? I've got to have a little bit of trust. I've got to have just enough trust I'm willing to sit on it. But once I'm willing to put my weight on it, whether I fall or not is not dependent on the amount of trust I have. It's dependent on how sturdy the stool is. As long as the stool is sturdy, with my little bitty trust, I am good to go. Doesn't matter. Now, let me give you another scenario. It's a little more ridiculous. Let's say I come over to your house. <clears throat> yeah. And you, uh, you say, hey, Matt, grab a seat on my favorite stool. And I'm like, ain't no way. You know? And they're like, no, 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 really, Matt. I had this thing custom designed. It looks like it won't fall or it'll fall, but it will not fall. I promise, Matt. It's made to look like this. Have a seat. And I'm all excited. And I'm like, oh, you wouldn't lead me astray. You clearly, you know, this is kind of cool. So imagine that I have full faith, hope, and confidence that this stool is going to hold me up. And so I go, I'm not going to sit on it. I'm not, you, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to let y'all video that and put it on social media. So anyway, you know exactly what's going to happen, right? I can have total confidence this stool is going to hold me, and the amount of trust I have in the stool is totally irrelevant because the stool's not sturdy enough. The thing that matters most is the object of your faith, the object of your trust, not the amount of trust or the amount of faith you have. Now, you'll never know if the stool will hold you if you don't have enough trust to sit down on it. But that's about all the trust you need to have to discover whether it's trustworthy or not. So when Jesus looks at this dad and says, what do you mean if you can? I mean, everything's possible for the person who believes. All Jesus is trying to help him understand is this. You, you've been putting your trust in some things that can't hold you up. 
I'm asking you to shift the object of your trust to someone who can. Now, here's the thing. All of us, all of us put our trust in something. Right now, you've, you've put your trust, your hope, your confidence in something in life. I don't know what it is, but you got it in something. Here's what makes it tricky. Here's what makes it dangerous. The things that we put our trust in that actually can't hold us up in the storms, they don't look this ridiculous. They actually look fine to us until the storm hits. And I don't know what it is for you. Affection, attention, approval, acceptance, accomplishments, achievements, the amount of assets you have. I don't know. All of us tend to put our trust in something. And we think it's all good. And like I said, as long as life is up and to the right, we feel like we're really smart. This is working just fine. Until we have to put our full weight on it. And then suddenly we discover, oh, that didn't work. Suddenly we discover, and this is what happens to us. The things that we're putting our hope and our confidence in get threatened. And we panic. We lose our peace. We suddenly realize, oh, I can't turn to that. It can't fix the problem for me anymore. So Jesus' invitation to you and me is the very same invitation he was giving this dad. He's just saying, hey, would you shift the object of your trust to me? Would you shift it to something that's going to hold and withstand whatever comes your way when the hits come in life? This is the decision that dad had to make in that moment. Because he put his trust in a whole lot of things that looked good, and yet they hadn't done anything for his son. And he has to decide, in spite of all my doubts, am I willing to shift my trust and try it one more time with Jesus as my object? And I love his response to Jesus. I think this is classic. This is as genuine as you can get. He looks back at Jesus. Mark tells us, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, oh, I do believe, I do believe. <laughs> now help me overcome my unbelief. And you're kind of like, well, which is it? He's going, it's both. I do believe, in other words, Jesus I desperately want to put my trust in you. I'm going to make a choice to do that, but oh my gosh, I've just got about that much trust. Actually, I'm not sure you're going to hold me up. This feels a lot more like all of these things I've always felt. But I'm going to take the risk. So with all my doubt, with all my fear, with all my uncertainty, with all my anxiety, I do believe I'm going to trust you. But Jesus, you've got to help all my unbelief. And what I love about this story is that was all he needed to do. That was all he needed to do. Jesus didn't say, no, well, no, no, no. Actually, you need to have a lot bigger faith. And once you have a lot bigger faith, then, no, no, no. He looked at this man. He said, okay. And he healed his son. All it took was a little bit of trust in the right object. Now, the point of the story is not that the son got healed because there was no promise that the son would get healed. The point of the story was that this man made a choice to put his trust in the right object. The point of the story is not that, well, if I just trust in Jesus, everything will get fixed in my life. No, he never promised that. What he did promise you that you can hold on to is that he would never leave you or forsake you in the middle of whatever you're going through. That's what he promised. But the point of the story is where is your trust? Practically, I'm not talking about intellectually. I'm talking about practically in the way you live your life. What do you actually hope in the most? What do you have your confidence in? 
What do you turn to? What have you built your life upon? The question that I hope you'll spend a little bit of time thinking about this week is this one. Who or what will be the object of my trust? You got to decide this. Who or what will be the object of my trust? Now, it's actually pretty easy for you to figure out when you're in the middle of one of these difficult seasons exactly where your trust is. Your, your trust is in whatever you panic about when it's threatened. Your trust is in whatever when you think you're about to lose it, you lose your peace. Your trust is in whenever things start to unravel and you start to come apart. Okay, well, there you go. Because you don't freak out, you don't get anxious, you don't panic about things that you haven't put your trust in. You panic when the thing that you have built your life upon starts to get threatened. The identity of your life, the foundation of your life, you should never build your life on something that you can lose. This was Jesus' point. You should never build your life on something you can lose. But when you think you can lose it, that's why you panic. That's why you get anxious. That's why you become afraid. And Jesus' point is, and I don't know what this is for you, but Jesus' point is, if you have built your life on achieving a certain amount of money, on having security in this way, on this relationship, on your family, well, they'll all, you know, whatever. As good as those things are, and there's nothing wrong with any of them, you can lose them all. So Jesus' invitation to the dad and Jesus' invitation to you and me is, would you just put your trust in me, the one that can never be shaken or taken from you? That's how you go through these seasons where the hits keep on coming. And you maintain your peace. You maintain your hope. Now, everything I've just described is idealistic. And it's idealistic in the sense of you don't just shift your trust to Jesus in a day. You don't just come to church on Sunday and you pray a prayer and suddenly I trust in Jesus and now I'm not worried about any struggles when they come. That's not the way it works. It is a process. It's a process of building trust. So what do you do if you want to shift your trust from whatever you have it in to Jesus? But every time life gets tough, you start to doubt. What do you do when you're trying to live over here and you find yourself drifting back over here? Well, Here's what I would encourage you to do. Just adopt the prayer of this dad. Whenever you find yourself wanting to live there and you keep starting to drift back here, just say, okay, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I just be honest with him. Jesus, I'm doing everything I can to trust you. But man, I'm full of doubt. And I'm just not sure. And I'm afraid. So I'm going to act as if I believe in you, even though emotionally I don't feel it. I'm just going to act as if I do, but you got to help, help me with all my doubt, my fear, my unbelief. If you will do that, and you may have to pray that prayer a thousand times, but if you will do that over time, you will learn how to build your life on the object that can never be taken or shaken from you. I'm telling you, the object of your trust, the object of my trust, matters way more than the amount of trust or faith any of us have. Think about it. This dad would have never known what Jesus could do if he didn't go 
and ask, in spite of his doubt, in spite of his fear, in spite of his frustration, in spite of his hopelessness. You, you will never know what God will do unless you go and ask him to help you. You'll never know unless you go. So my invitation to you, it's the same invitation I give myself. It's a reminder that I think we all need. My invitation to you is, would you be willing to let go of this, whatever this is for you, and instead, not have a ton of faith, but have just enough faith to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to put my confidence, my hope, my weight on you. I believe. Now help my unbelief. Let me pray for us. Father, I don't know the stories of everybody in here, but I have no doubt there are a lot of us in the room. They're, they're in those, these seasons right now where the, it just feels like the hits keep on coming. It's one problem after another. And they do feel helpless. They may feel hopeless. It's frustrating. It's discouraging. We all know what that feels like. But in the middle of the storm, would you help us to have enough wisdom and enough intentionality to look around and to identify where our hope really is? Not where we say it is, not what we know we should say, but help us to have an awareness of I'm actually putting my hope and my confidence in this for my life. If it's not you, would you help us to have the courage of this dad that we read about this morning? I say, okay, Jesus, I believe. Now help my unbelief. Help me to trust you. Because it's only in you that we find the peace, the strength that we need. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with friends. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.